PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Howdy, everybody. Welcome in. This is the RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by FXR Racing and Racetech. Thank you guys for joining me. We're here with another episode. Uh, happy to be here and uh, look forward to talking a little bit of off-road today on this podcast. So let's cut to the chase and let's get down to it. The sponsors, RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. You guys should be going over to keyforinktesting.com right now. Click on the RMATVMC banner, and then do your shopping, and that helps us out. Gives us a slice of what you're purchasing, and lets these guys know that you enjoy this podcast full of information and laughter, of course. And, of course, if you guys want to get some new gear along with your parts from Rocky Mountain, you can go to fxrracing.com, use the code KKMX35, Save yourself 35% on anything over there on uh, fxrracing.com. As well as you can use the code KKMX6D if you want an FXR slash 60 helmet over there, over on FXR's website. And, of course, we have that lady code that is special for you women out there because you are near and dear to our hearts over here because uh, you keep us dorks as dudes up and moving. And uh, it's nice that you ladies out there are enjoying two wheels as well. So... We're going to get you a better discount than those gentlemen out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com, and I will get you a special discount code. And we're going to talk a little bit about WP suspension, and these guys, Racetech, do really good work on WP stuff, especially the PDS Shock. So if you guys are looking to get a little bit more comfortable ride or maybe some extra holdup with that extra plushness, Go to Racetech.com and check them out. And you can always email me through my contact page on my website if you want to get a special discount code on that as well. You can go to sales at Racetech.com or just email me, and those will be the ticket to you guys out there getting the special discounts and some percentage off on your orders. Thank you to all of our 2022 sponsors, Power Motorsports, Works Connection, Ride Engineering, Pro Taper 60, ScreenPrintingDone.com, Dunlop Tires, Plum Creek Funding, Blood Lubricants, Decal Works, Lit Pro, and Fast Co. All of these guys are on board with us for 2022 and do have some Kiefer Inc. listener incentives. So if you guys are unsure, if you guys are ordering stuff, we please um, ask you to either A, email us and I'll uh, get you a discount code, or as always, you want to ask some questions about any of my advertisers on this show, I'm happy to answer them for you. So, like at the front that we mentioned, the front of the show here, we're going to talk about, guess what, off-road. Holy crap, Kiefer, you actually are going to ride off-road. Finally, some off-road bikes. You guys are looking for more off-road content. Trying to help you guys out over here. And the reasons why sometimes that is a little bit of... A delay on our end to get that information out to you is because a we are more of a motocross based company uh, just be straight up and honest with you as you guys can tell 
but I still do a lot of off-road riding when I have time away from the MX settings and all the other crap that I have to do. So the motocross portion takes up some of my time, and then I try to get to the off-road stuff. And to go along with that, there's only so many bikes to go around now since the demand is so high for purchasing motorcycles. You know, some of these manufacturers do not have as many media units to give out to us. So sometimes we have to share these bikes with other media outlets and then sometimes I'm just simply not the first guy they choose to get the bike to. Uh, Dirt Bike Magazine might get the bike for three months, and then it gets back to KTM. And then uh, I, I'll get it after a refurb. So that's kind of how that works. And if you guys are looking like, how come you don't do this? Sometimes that I just don't have the bike, and I can't get it for a long time. So I, I run into that problem a lot on KTM 350s and FC 350s. 350s are very difficult to get. I don't think KTM, Husqvarna, these guys get that many. And it's hard to decide who gets what. So they disperse them out on um, as-a-need basis. And a 350 is just now starting to come into play the last few years where you guys are really interested in them. So I think they're going to give us more of those and or I'll be asking for one of those up front so maybe of a 250 or somewhat to get more information out to you. So... Anyway, KTM 150XCW. That's right, a 150. Uh, some of my old routes to desert racing go back to 125s. I raced a lot of 125. District 37 Heron Hounds, uh, Big Six Grand Prix. I raced works racing uh, all in my late teens, early 20s. And that's because uh, it was close to home. It was cheaper to race these races, and I got more riding time in. So... A lot of people are turning to off-road racing just because they can spend more time with their families because they can have an exact time when they're racing and they race for a longer period of time. And then A, they can camp and hang out or B, just go home. And so the quality of your weekend is a lot more um, concise on what you can do. Motocross, man, I am sitting there for freaking all day we may get 12 laps of racing in, and it's from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then you don't feel satisfied because you didn't race that much, and you're like, I just spent all this money, and holy shit, I didn't even uh, get 15 laps underneath me. So there's a lot of advantages to off-road racing, some disadvantages. I think it tears up your bike more, so you might have to go through some more parts, especially if you're doing hard enduro where this bike really shines. Uh, so basically, we had this thing for a while, and I've been riding it up in the trails near my home. And there's two different types of uh, terrain we have here. So lots of off-road guys have come from Asperia. Larry Rossler, Ty Davis, Ricky Brabeck. Obviously, no hard enduro guys because our trails, even though we think it's tight, it's not like your guys' is tight back east where you have snot, mud, just slippery-ass roots everywhere. So we have dry slip. That's what we call it, dry slippery versus your guys' wet slippery. And it's two different types of riding, obviously. Um, in the wet slip, we usually are really shitty at it, us West Coast guys, because the traction to find that, that bite that you guys can in the mud is very foreign to us. In our dry conditions, it's easy because there is some traction available at certain times, and I feel like that window is more on dry slip versus wet slip. This KTM 150 XCW, uh, I've tested t 250 TPIs in the past, 
and wasn't super impressed from mid to top. Obviously, you guys know now that we have this uh, TPI out and into our hands, uh, I feel like they lug better. These TPI bikes are four-stroke-esque. They have lots of traction. Uh, I feel like sometimes it doesn't have that snap like the MX models do. But I, what, what was really interesting to me on this one is I rode a 125SX and then got on this 150. Granted, I understand different CC size. But I felt like the 150 XCW had more snap once cleaned out. We'll get to that in a minute. But had more low-end feel. Just, you know, also more grunt because you're, you're going up on CCs. But also just excitement, which is the opposite that I have felt in these TPI bikes in the past. So this 2022 150 really shocked me where I was like, wow, it does have some pep, some excitement. I was expecting it to be really luggy and doggy and just kind of climb lethargically through the power band, similar to what the 250 uh, XCW TPI does. That's what I found out on the bigger one. I'm just like, this is a hard enduro dream bike. This is not so much of a West Coast version bike, but... With this, uh, this 150 that I tried, I feel like that changed my mind a little bit. I had more fun on this 150 than I did on the bigger bikes. I don't know if that's because it's better or I just grew up with smaller board two-strokes and I I like that. But granted, no matter what, this 150 XCW TPI bike engine is completely different feeling to me than the other brands, the, the bigger brands that uh, KTM Husqvarna and gas gas sells. So this leads me to this. So a couple things. It's it's different about TPI. It's very weird for an old school guy like me to not mix his gas. I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm pouring straight gas in there. And I'm like, this is super weird. So that is somewhat odd. Uh, if you're coming from a cold bike and you're starting this thing up, which is nice. It has an e-start. I mean, obviously, you guys already know that. But it's nice to have an e-start and a two-stroke. That's a little bit of a foreign thing to me as well because I'm so used to four-strokes having e-start. But it takes a little while for this thing to clean out. And what I mean by clean out is it'll sound a little bit rich, a little bit uh, smoky, and a little bit. It takes a little bit to warm up, to blow out. But once it's warm and you cleaned it out, it's very crisp, exciting, has a lot of low-end hit, yet has a blend of traction that I have yet to feel on a small bore two-stroke. This is what makes me excited about riding this bike because it's a blend of I can be a little bit lazy and then also I have that, ex that, that small bore two-stroke excitement. And all you guys that are listening to this or most of you are probably riding small bore two-strokes or interested in it and you're thinking, man, I'm 200 pounds. Does it have enough engine for me? Yes. Uh, of course, you got to work a little harder. Look, we're not trying to compare it to a 250 four-stroke MX bike. I'm just saying in the realm of getting you up some trails, and I went up some difficult hills on this thing before, like sand hills, right? So something I have to stretch the throttle cable out going up, it does provide that. Um, you can downshift. I started in fourth gear up on this one hill, ended up in second by the time you get up to the top. So as you're slamming the the gears downward, you're keeping that throttle pin, it'll still pull you up. Uh, and I'm 175 pounds. Uh, I had a buddy who was 190 pounds, and it pulled him up as well. So there is enough juice to get your 
bigger ass around around the trail or maybe I'm just saying it throwing it out there maybe you're a hybrid guy and you're going to the trails and maybe the vet track occasionally because let's face it this bike is meant for trails this bike is meant for slower speeds it's not a high speed motorcycle uh, the suspension isn't built around a 175 pound rider that's for sure we're going to talk about that but this is meant for the trails to go have a good time to occasionally race a GNCC uh, something tight or or whatever the case may be. Even the, the sprint enduros that they have back east, I think this would be a good bike if I had stiffer suspension. And the engine is a very accommodating to a wide range of riders. So for a TPI bike, nice low-end feel, has lots of traction, yet has better RPM response than I've felt from an MX bike. Mid-range is obviously a little bit short for me. Um, I found out that second and third gear if you're in second accelerating out of a corner and you want to shift, you're going to have to shift mighty quick because second's pretty short. Um, and third gear just needs a little bit more RPM response because if you do shift a little bit early at times accelerating, third gear is a little doggy. So how I fixed that was I went to a 1351 gearing ratio, which obviously made second gear shorter, but at least I could shift into third and it could pull it um, right away. I didn't have to, I didn't have to fan the clutch. So if you're looking for a little bit more of a third gear friendly lugging 150, obviously looking the fact of a 1351 will help you a little bit in doing so. I don't mind the second gear shortness as long as I can get into third gear and kind of find my way around the trail, fan the clutch if need be, but yet still have enough snap to kind of recover. So Recovery is a little bit better with the 1351, and I try to stay in second and third gear the most of the time. So as long as I am uh, having a, just for example, I can kind of paint you guys a picture. There's a sand wash that we have out here that's very tight, slow speeds, rocks. So you're constantly bouncing off rocks into some soft sand pockets. So you got to stay light on the bike, yet try to pick your way around these rocks um, that are all over the place. So you're, you're mid-throttle, second gear, okay? In this area, second gear is not too short. It's fine. It picks up, um, recovers quick. Uh, it doesn't rev out. I feel like I'm in the nice part of the power I have. Uh, the bike is stable, has good rear wheel traction. Um, I'm talking purely if you're coming out of a corner on a flowy trail and you see a, um, what we call in the off-road world, an up arrow where you see the arrows are up. So, you know, you're going to have to get on the gas for a bit. I just feel like I wanted to get into third gear a little bit quicker because second gear was so short. But if I'm in tight stuff for me, this 150 engine is, uh, has enough torque to kind of lug my way around and I'm not riding a lot of off road lately. Right. So of course I'm a little sketchy. I see some of these areas that I've ridden in the past. I'm like, wow, this is gnarlier than I thought it was. So the beginner in me comes out a little bit and my feet are out and, um, I'm just bouncing off these rocks instead of trying to stand up and float through them. So in those situations where you make mistakes, second gear is very friendly. Uh, I would say first gear for at least me and my area is non-existent. I'd really not in that thing is so short. I'm in second right away. So second and third gear were, were better for me in a 1351, um, configuration. So just know that. Uh, if you guys are looking, you go, hey, Kiefer, what sprocket should I use for off-road? Twin ring 
Sprockets are really good. I find like when I run a twin ring steel teeth and an aluminum body, uh, they last pretty uh, fairly good, I feel like. Uh, Sunstar makes one. I know uh, Renthal makes one. So And also Pro Taper. So if you guys are looking for a, a good sprocket, a twin ring sprocket is pretty good. I remember back in the day, this brings me, off, <laughs> brings me back to my off-road days, uh, Sidewinder, if you guys remember that out there. I was sponsored by Sidewinder. And I was racing hair and hounds and stuff. And that was the sponsor to have. If you're an off-road guy and you had Sidewinder sticker on your swing arm, that was badass. That was cool. So I got to investigate that a little bit. I wonder if Sidewinder is still in business. Um, but Sidewinder sprockets back in the day. Uh, if you guys remember the crazy colors that they had at times, man. I thought, oh, man, I'm going to rent a purple sprocket. It's going to be sick. And uh, Sidewinder chains. Good times. Little, uh flashback tbt for you um moving on to um what's kind of a bummer it doesn't have a spark arrestor on its stock very weird strange to me like why wouldn't you put a, a forestry approved spark arrestor in there or something so you guys are gonna have to go if you're in these areas where you need a spark arrestor because obviously it's closed course only the way it comes um for me two-stroke silencers Pro Circuit does it the right way. I get a little bit more crispness out of a, a PC silencer. I think they call it a 304, which is their spark arrestor version. Um, so look into that. I think that is a, a better mod. Now, I will tell you guys straight up, I was riding dirty. Uh, didn't have a spark arrestor on, but I have ran some in the past in 2020, last year in 2021. And the spark arrestor of of 304 Pro Circuit was the better one that I've tried. And I've tried, whew, I think only FMF is the only one other tried. And although they're good, when you put an FMF silencer on, it just kind of smooths out the power too much, and you kind of lose some of that RPM response. So my suggestion is stick with the stock pipe. Go to an aftermarket silencer, a PC silencer, and I think that will keep your RPM response up and give you a little bit more mid-range pull. Or if you guys are looking to reduce some of this vibration that I do feel on the 150, you can go to a couple different things. Like if you're more of a trail guy, you want some comfort in your bars and you want less vibration. Um, one of our advertisers, Fastco, has a flex bar that actually does work. So I, at the very beginning of this thing, I thought it was gimmicky, and then I've been riding with it a little bit, and it, man, it you got any kind of soreness in your wrist, you don't want the vibration, you want some more comfort in your hands when you ride and your trails, Flex Bar is pretty good. And if you don't like that style of bar, Pro Taper Evo will help with vibration and help with flex. That stock KTM bar is a piece of shit. Uh, excuse me if anybody listening to this that uh, has helped making that bar. <laughs> but it's it's rigid. It vibrates. Uh, not a huge fan of lock-on grips. Yes, they're easy. I'd rather have some glue-on soft grips to kind of help with the vibration and uh, my hands just the way it feels. So I'll be straight up with you guys. I'm a fan of Renthal half-waffle soft grips. Just always have been the way uh, the sizing is, how the compound is, and you have to be a little bit delicate putting them on, but, man, they are comfortable to ride with. So you want to get rid of some of that vibration. Those are two of my go-tos to try to help that. And to piggyback on the Pulp MX show, if you guys listen to that, about that bar snake that I was talking about, that was a real thing back in the day because we're doing the TBT thing on this show. Uh, bar snake was like an insert through your bar, almost like a rubber kind of material that helped with vibration. 
So that was a real thing. I was right. I knew it was called bar snake. I just didn't know. And it had the cobra on the box. So some people out there, thank you for doing that, have sent me the photo and concurred that I was correct. So I'm not as crazy as I thought I was. Let's move on to the suspension side of things. Uh, look, PDS is still available in the off-road racing world. I've uh, been on record to say some of the best settings when my KTM was uh, time was 2004-2005. Riding moto, I had really good settings with the PDS shock. Ryan Raglan over there did really good things for me. And I, no hate comes in the whoops. The whoop speed wasn't uh, down because of my shock. It was down because of my balls because my balls are uh, small. But in the PDS realm, off-road is where it's at, man. Like, I feel like you're not hanging up on the linkage. Uh, the rear of the bike stays up a little bit. So for me, I'm not I'm not feeling too low when I'm slamming into stuff or trees or rocks or whatever you guys are doing. Like, for me, just the comfort of the shock is really good. Now, I will say the Explore 48mm fork is soft. It's got to be built for someone 150 pounds. They have gotten better with the dampening control over the years from, I don't know, 2018 to now. You can take apart that fork and look and see what that, the dampening system is, but the bleed holes are a lot smaller now than they were before. They were like, dude, huge. If you look at the bleed holes back in the day a few years ago, very big, so that thing compresses and it's bleeding off oil mighty quick. At least now the holes are smaller, so the bleed off isn't as much. So you do get a little bit more dampening feel and control. That's what's nice. But it's just overall soft. I'm 175 pounds, like I said. If you're riding in second gear like that sand wash I was talking about, or really low speeds, it's not a problem. But if you want to pick up your speeds a little bit or you want some more high-speed compression or in-stroke feel, you're going to have to get it resprung. Um, I'm pretty sure they use a very light spring in that Explore fork. So uh, some of the guys that I have tried that I like, I just recently did the Coppersmith fork conversion, which was really good. Uh, I managed to stick that on this bike, and it helped a lot. I gained more control. I got more front-end feel. Um, I felt like my front tire, which is... We're going to talk about tires because I could be wrong. You guys got to confirm with me. I need help. But I just feel like I have more dampening control and I can hit stuff. And the plushness was still there like it was in stock form. It, it is very plush in stock form, but it just rides too low. So for me, I want a little bit more holdup. I would take a little bit less comfort just so I can slam into things a little bit harder. So that Coppersmith mod was really good. I've also been stoked on Kreft. Kreft does some good jobs um, for me in the past. Uh, they have a lot of great off-road settings. They even have adjustability where you can maybe uh, stiffen it up if you want to go do some light vet track riding. Um, so the guys over at Kreft, although expensive, I've heard, um, they do have very good settings. And the stuff that I have tried, I've been relatively happy with. So those are the two guys that I've tried recently that in the off-road world would make sense for me to go to. Um, Race Tech, I have done a lot of testing back in the day on PDS shocks. I do know um, they have a PDS gold valve system. That's awesome. Uh, you still get that plushness. Uh, the bike still rides up in the stroke a little bit more, so I do feel like I can hit stuff straighter. Um, if I do end up getting a little bit loose, that rear end doesn't start wallowing 
because what's nice about the PDS is although it stays up in the stroke um, when you're under under load, if you hit something very high speed like a G out or something, that in-stroke feel is super empty, and it is very violent. It's a very empty feeling shock near the in-stroke. I feel like all the dampening's up near the top, so going to a race tech uh, valve for me was a little bit better. It kind of balanced that whole shock out, and although I have a little bit of dampening on top, now I have some of that more on the bottom. The control was better. I haven't tried anything race tech related up front yet on this Explore fork, um, so I can't really talk about that. But these are the things that I've tried that I thought were decent enough to spend your money. That's the whole thing here, right? Like, hey, I'm going to spend an X amount of dollars, is it worth it? So those three companies to me have changed the way this bike feels, which to me is worth it on the trail. So that is that. Um, if you guys are looking for a setting, look, I'll give you what I had, but I'm going to tell you straight forward, like it was soft still. Uh, 9 to 11 out on your compression, okay, on your fork. 12 to 14 out on the rebound. I did mess with preload. Uh, you guys could get really lost with preload settings. It is nice that they have that adjustability on top of the fork. You can adjust your preload. And I do this, I've done this with the 6500 WP cartridge kit inserts. I've done this with the cone valves. Um, the more preload you put on a fork, although you're going to, it's going to be a little bit stiffer, right? You lose comfort. So I'm always a big zero preload guy. I want no preload on the spring. Uh, I'll try to get the dampening control, you know, from the mid-valve or something like that. So I tried to back this off, and you're like, oh, shit, you're going to go softer. But I wanted to see if it got a little bit better when I cranked the compression in and backed the preload out. It really didn't do much. Cranking it in makes me get a top-out feel when I hit a G out or a whoop or something fast, and, the, and that fork comes back really quick. I get like a feeling like your your headset is loose. That's what we call a top-out feeling. I get a lot of that. So I left the preload stock and just basically tried to stiffen and slow the fork down to get it better in control. Um, the shock, for me, I'm around 102 to 103 millimeters of sag, and I completely left the clicker stock, and I thought it was decent. And like I said, I'm not slamming in the jumps. I'm not going ape shit out on the trail but it's very comfortable in stock form. I played around with the clickers a little bit, but always found my way back to stock. But I liked, in the realm of moto, I liked this rear shock setting a little higher on this bike. Um, I just felt like I had more control on, on straight line stability, and usually it's the opposite way in moto, but I felt like it was better balanced, which gave me the sense of a better stable, a more stable uh, KTM 150. So 102, 103 millimeters of sag is where I was. If you guys are heavier, uh, I would say if you're 180 pounds, you probably still can get that much sag out of your, your spring. But if you're north of that, I would look into a heavier spring. Hey, guys, thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Listen to these commercials. There's some discount codes inside of them. We'll be right back. ScreenPrintingDone.com My dream is the world's most powerful t-shirt. Do you want to look good, but you ain't got the money? Trying to get some t-shirts made? Yeah, Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com This is a t-shirt. You can get anything you want on that t-shirt. I'm about to show you guys how y'all can look fly. Your business name. That's my business. Your kid's name. Oh, Billy. Your favorite phrase, like, let's go, buddy, or free jailbirds. I agree. Anything at all. 
ScreenPrintingDone.com. T-shirt printing business. Mention Kiefer on your next order and get 10 free T-shirts. That's what I'm talking about! ScreenPrintingDone.com. Hey, Kiefer, what oil should I run? What weight should I run? Lots of emails coming in about oil. You know what I choose? Bloodlubricants.com. 1040 Pro Series Synthetic Oil. If you guys haven't run Blood Lubricants Synthetics, you should try it. Email Jeff over there at Blood Lubricants. Info at Bloodlubricants.com. Mention the code Kiefer. Get 25% off a case of oil. I run the 1040 Pro Series in all of my test bikes here. It works great. Keeps the engine cooler as well. Clutch life is enhanced and longer. I go through clutches on that Yamaha YZ450F every 10 hours. Now I can go 15 hours. So great oil. Email Jeff over there. Use the code. Save yourself some money. Email me, Chris, at KieferInkTesting.com. If you have any questions about the oil, I'm happy to help. Ride-Engineering.com. You guys want to get some clamps, some bar mounts, some chain blocks, uh, brake calipers. Adrian over there at Ride Engineering has a lot of quality parts. And if you use the code KT20, that'll save you 20% off what he offers over there. So that's ride-engineering.com. And he is not only the guy who tests the parts. I mean, I help him as well. But he also has an engineering degree. Holy crap. So go check him out, ride-engineering.com. Use the code KT20 to save some money. You guys out there tweaking on handlebars and grips? Trust me, I do it almost daily. If you're looking for a strong bar but yet has a lot of flex, look no further than the Pro Taper Evo bar. It is my favorite bar out there on the market right now. Why? They have great bends. The bar flexes. I don't get vibration from the bar. I'm getting older. I want some flex in my bar, but yet I want it to be strong. And Pro Taper has the strongest and the lightest bar out there that actually flexes. So go check them out, protaper.com. I'm currently using uh, SX Race Bend on my Yamahas. There is a brand new bend that's just coming out right now. You guys should see that. It is called Race Team Bend, and that is what we use over on Aiden's KTM and my KTM here uh, in the shop. So protaper.com, they have race cut grips, they have sprockets, they have chains, all different kinds of things. Go check them out, protaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years, dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding, 720-212-4685. You guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, or just simply text him yourself, 720-212-4685. Plum Creek Funding, Zach Morris, hit him up. For motocross riders driven to dominate, the Yamaha YZ line of four-stroke bikes are built for victory. Visit Power Motorsports today to explore what's new and improved for 2022. The YZ450F and YZ250F bring the performance with power for four-stroke engines, reduced unsprung weight, and new suspension settings. For the look of a full factory ride, just like what you guys see on Saturday night, 
Both the YZ450F and YZ250F come in exclusive Monster Energy Yamaha Racing Edition graphics packages. And you can take precision tunability to the next level with Yamaha's exclusive and industry's only free power tuner app. Visit Power Motorsports today. Find your Yamaha YZ and enter the victory zone. Get your new Yamaha at Power Motorsports in Sublimity, Oregon. Let them know you heard it on here. That's right, the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Get your best deal and best pricing wherever it is. Right here, North America. I don't care where you're at. Maine, California, Florida, Washington. Go visit them, powermotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, riding jacket, or long sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It is illegal and dangerous. Time. Why you punish me? Yeah, you guys know that time punishes you if you're not on top of your game. Look, I'm a competitive guy at 45. My kid is 15, and he is right on me every time we go out to the track. But you know what? You know what takes the guesswork out of who's the king for the day, who gets to talk trash on the way home? That's right. You can measure your lap times. You can reach your full potential. And, of course, you'll never guess where you're gaining or losing time. Go to litprolive.com. You can email me, chris at kieferinktesting.com for a discount code on one of their GPS receivers. Getting started is super easy with LitPro. Pick a GPS receiver, download the app, and add a subscription, and then you're on your way to improve your lap times. Get a better result as your, you know, than your buddy. That's right, because there's nothing better than bragging rights when you're on your way home. You throw your guy a text. Who got the best of you, baby? That's right, I did. And you want to know how to do it? Lip Pro. Aiden and I have been on this for about a year now. Super easy to use. Look, I am not a tech-savvy guy, and Lip Pro is super easy for me and Aiden to navigate, and uh, I think it would be a great benefit to you guys out there. So hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Go to Lip Pro Live. You guys want to see anything related to how to keep time how to improve your lap times, what section you want to improve on, all those things and more over on LipProLive.com. We are back. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. You guys are troopers for listening to those whole eight minutes. Now, time for some off-road. Little things that I uh, thought were interesting as well just on this bike. It's uh, It looks like the exhaust port, uh, the expansion chamber, or we call the pipe, uh, it looks like a 250. It's really uh, strange. Like, I, I picked it up, and I'm like, huh, this is a 250? But it looks like a 250 pipe. So uh, I think they're trying to get some length out of that, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, I would put a pipe guard because I dented the shit out of the pipe already going through a, a rock garden. So that kind of hangs low. That's one downside of having the, the pipe the way it is on a, on a 150. So I would look into some sort of pipe guard, which uh, I got a few coming. I'm going to do a review on these pipe guards because that's actually been a huge thing for you off-road guys is to learn more about pipe guards. We're going to do that. Uh, Ergonomically, the bike feels good. I like the bend of the bar. I just don't like the bar itself. So I went to uh, SX Race Bar or, like I said, the Flex Bar. Um, They got different types of uh, bends, but basically the, the bend that I went with mimics a 
a 999 Ben, which is like a Renthal Carmichael Ben. So for some reason on KTMs, I like a lower Ben because I feel like I'm higher up on the bike. And that lower bend just helps me through the corners. The seat foam will break down over time. Very hard at the beginning. And about 10 hours in, that thing was soft. Uh, people say, oh, you take your seat off when you wash it. No, I don't because I feel like none of you guys, well, I'm not saying none of you. I would feel like 95% of you guys are not taking the seat off. So I'm just washing it, checking the bolts, lubing the chain, checking tires, spokes, the filters, the normal maintenance like anybody should. Um, and the little things like the Brembo brakes, amazing. Uh, the clutch, although I'm not a huge hydraulic clutch fan, I am a, a clutch fan when it comes to off-road um, in the hydraulic world because uh, it never changes. And I think I abuse the clutch a little bit more because I'm not as good on off-road, so I rely on that clutch to get me out of situations that I'm going to be hurting in. Um, I've been down some canyons with my buddy Gary Sutherland in the past, and I'm like, holy hell, how are we going to get out of this thing? So I've managed to find my way around one um, just when I was doing this test, and I forgot, oh, how hard it was to get out, and that clutch really saved my ass. So um, Brembo stuff, man, is second to none. If you guys are looking to change your Japanese bikes uh, into a Brembo system, there is a way to do that. Uh, if you guys go on my website, there is a Yamaha mod that I do for Yamahas with the Brembo uh, system and man it makes the bike a hell of a lot better pretty crazy um but that's it for me man that's kind of like my first impression very fun bike to ride uh soft suspension it cleans out a little bit after uh, it warms up and you get that christmas and excitement and i would venture to say even if you're a novice to intermediate guy i think you would have fun on this bike because it's just it has a blend of both worlds in the engine with department that you would want you want a little bit more excitement? It does have that. You want some luggability? It has that. It'll pull your fat ass up a hill. Pulled my fat ass up a hills, um, some sand hills that were pretty big. So overall, I had a great time on this machine. Um, would I want to race it out here in local racing? No, for me on the West Coast, I would really like to take this in the tighter woods of Colorado. So the family and I are going there during the summer. I'm going to take this bike to go trail ride in. Um, we've got a spark arrestor coming, so that will be fun. I have yet to go really take time to trail ride near we near where we live in Greeley. Um, so there's a lot of surrounding mountains around us, so I'm going to take the time and do that. I have been to the Colorado 500 a few times with Larry Rosser when I when I worked for him. That was really fun. Tell you ride and all these cool places to ride, and it's amazing to ride up there. And, and I just feel like, you know, this bike isn't built for – the southwest of California, you know. It's more like the NorCal, Midwest, East Coast, Washington, just, you know, those kind of areas that have really, really tight woods. So uh, kudos to the guys over at KTM for building the TPI bike that is not so lazy and lethargic that us moto guys can have fun. So it's a very cool bike. I'm going to hang on to it a little bit, do some durability things to it right now. Um, like I said, going to add a pipe guard. Um, get some better hand guards on there and just uh, really hone in on some off-road stuff. I'm going to get the suspension done. We'll talk about that and just find my inner off-road guy. I plan on going to a GNCC. I know Husqvarna asks us once a year to go race a GNCC, so I would like to get out there and do that this year because 
that time of year, end of GNCC series time, I'm free. So hopefully to get back there, maybe the one of the bikes I'll get to ride is uh, a 150 because I think I'd like to race this bike in the GNCC in the industry class. It would just be a blast. Um, so yeah, so that is my first impression on the 2022 KTM 150 XCW. And uh, if you guys want to know more information, Chris at KieferIncTesting.com. This is basically just my 8 to 10 hour impression. So uh, if you, we want to dive deeper into this, you're going to have to wait a little bit and uh, I can get you some more information. Uh, I am going to work out some, what I like to call, and I'm going to do this for the motocross side as well, is I'm going to get a wheelbase length, uh, the length from the swing arm pivot to the rear axle. I'm going to try to find a number uh, for you guys to kind of work your way into. So that is takes, I don't know, a little bit of time to figure out. Uh, but what I've learned over time, and there is a certain area and a certain number and a certain length that really makes the bike shine with cornering, stability, and uh, I'm going to try to get you guys within that number right there on your own bikes. Sometimes it takes some gearing changes, but nonetheless, I'm going to do this um, with some off-road bikes that I have as well. Um, so yeah, so look into that. And also, you guys really love the, the chain slack video for whatever reason. So I'm going to give you guys the proper dimensions and uh, measurements on where your chain slack should be on each of your motorcycles. So you can look into that. Uh, if you guys want to see some more stuff, obviously just email me and uh, I'm happy to listen and hear your complaints. But just be constructive. Don't be an idiot. Don't be mean. I'm happy to hear uh, the things I need to improve on, but just uh, word it nicely. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. And I'll be back next week with, uh, well, God, we have a couple modified 250s that we've been trying, so we're going to talk about that. And hopefully, I got some suspension guys on hold. They've been saying, hey, I'll help you with that podcast, Kiefer, and I'm just waiting on the guys. So I got a couple really, really important suspension uh, guys to talk to. And if you guys want to ask them any questions, Chris at KieferInkTesting.com, and we'll get those questions answered for you on that podcast. But I'm sure you guys are going to like that because you loved the engine podcast. So we're going to get some of the top gurus in suspension in here and discuss the ins and outs of how to adjust your suspension, what suspension um, can be better, what stock stuff is not that great, which stock stuff is best. So we're going to really dive into the minds of these guys. And uh, I don't know, it should be entertaining. I'm a geek like that. So it should be good. All right, guys, we'll see you next week and be good to each other.